this episode of Holy Cannoli has some grown-up words that might not be appropriate for little ears. You've been warned. <laughs> Hi, everybody. Welcome to the Holy Cannoli podcast. This is episode 11. And Tony, what's this one about? This episode is going to be my mama. My mother and I are going to talk. <laughs> We're going to talk about her story. It's really fascinating to be able to interview your mom as an adult. Because, you know, as a kid, you put all these things together. You hear things, you know things, and you're in relationship with your also adult mother, family member. And to be able to sit down and sort of have this sort of... Uh, quasi-formal interview for a podcast. It was cool. It was interesting. I definitely learned some new things. Hmm. I kind of had some layers put on, some meat put on the bones of what I had interpreted about our life and about her. And I made some huge revelations, actually, which was really cool for me. Very strange to, <laughs> to recognize that, oh, I didn't realize that was happening in my life and that God was doing things that I did not realize over the course of my 40 years of life. So it was cool. But before we get into that, we want to tell you that if you're listening to this podcast on Monday, August 13th, or Tuesday, August 14th, or Wednesday, August 15th, 2018, you only have that much time to get a t-shirt. A holy cannoli t-shirt. You guys, it's a funny saying, holy cannoli. <laughs> like, regardless of this podcast... Even that's if you hate fun, this podcast. That's a fun t-shirt to own <laughs> and to gift to people. So think about it. Christmas is coming. It's coming. You, no. can, you can outfit your entire family with Holy Cannoli t-shirts. Hey, Just get them now. If you outfit your whole family with a Holy Cannoli t-shirt and then give us a picture, I will give you, I will buy you a pack of cannoli and deliver it to your door somehow. Maybe not personally, but if that happens, you're going to get we'll make it happen. one. One cannoli per family member of those who are wearing the t-shirt. And that's a good, like, that's to push $25, 30 because cannoli are expensive. They're not cheap. They're they not really cheap. are not cheap. They're the good. The good ones are right. cheap. That's right. So Holy Cannoli t-shirts available until August 15th, 2018. If you're listening to that after this date, sorry. And it's a one-time run only. We need to sell about 20 more t-shirts to print them all. So get them. And the link so is... So how do they get them? Oh, yeah. Well, the link is on the podcast. Um, the podcast Facebook group. So Holy Cannoli Podcast, check that out. Or if you're a someone like who likes to type in the URL, word or letter for letter, it is customink.com slash fundraising slash Holy Cannoli. Nice. <laughs> uh, hey, a quick follow-up to, to our episodes 8, 9, and 10 as we talked about LGBTQ community and stories from Terry Smith and my friend Matt Nightingale. Just want to say thank you for all the posts and texts and messages and emails and Facebook. I think I'm almost up to date on responding to them all. I, um, some people have been like, most people have been like really encouraging and exciting and thankful. I really want to applaud the people who've been asking curious questions like, hey, tell me more. I want to understand this and what books and what resources are out there. I really, really enjoyed that. And Matt, I've put a ton on Matt. I'm going to have a follow-up episode with Matt to talk more about that where he answers questions like, is homosexuality sin? And what about God's design, man and woman, and that type of thing. So we're going to get into all that kind of stuff on a podcast in the next month. Hopefully I'll be posting that. I have to edit a bunch of things together. And I'm also meeting with a professor of theology from the Leslie Newbegin Home House Fellowship in San Francisco. So he's another theologian who's done a lot of studying and research and 
commentating on the LGBTQ theology that we're wrestling through here. So stay tuned for that. But just want to applaud you all for listening and for sharing and retweeting. One of the videos that Matt and I did is almost at 2,000 views, which is super cool. And there's uh, about 250 of you listening. So that's really encouraging. Mm -hmm. So thank you for that. And also thank you to the ones who've expressed pushback. Like I got messages from friends who say, I can't believe you're doing this. I, I cannot stand with you. I cannot... Uh, affirm this or applaud this or encourage it or comment anything on Facebook because I wholeheartedly disagree. Uh, some strong, some strong messages from a couple people. So thanks for that too. And I'm, I hear you. I see you. It's okay to disagree. And I'm doing my best to share things that uh, have encouraged me and challenged me. And I hope and pray you could be open to those things too. Just listen, just learn. Uh, before we poke holes in things, try and see if there's a different point of view that might be worthwhile. So with that, let's jump in to Holy Cannoli episode 11 with my mom, whose name is Robin Zitko. She's not a Gappa Stone, and you'll hear more about that in this episode. You are listening to the Holy Cannoli Podcast. It's all about making sense of life, who we are, and why we're here. Life is sacred, and life is strange. And here's our dad, Tony Gappa Stone. What's the name of the podcast? I don't know. You don't know the name of the podcast? Oh, Holy Cannoli. Uh, right? what, what is it? Holy Cannolis. Holy Cannoli. Okay, thank you. So, wait. You're holy like, Cannoli. Thank you. You were saying Holy Cannolis. Holy Cannoli. <laughs> cannoli is plural as it is. So. It is? Yeah, cannoli means more than one cannoli. It's one cannolo. How about that? Right? Okay. Holy cannoli. That's right. Welcome to the podcast, to my mother. Oh. The woman who gave me birth. The woman who pushed me out. <laughs> I did not push you out. Oh, you! I was C-section. Yes. That's right. You didn't yes. push me out. After 33 hours. I'm grateful. So I can't say you pushed me out into the world anymore. No. Wow. They cut you out. Ouch, you cut me. Well, they pulled me out. I didn't cut. Wait, what? Well, they had to cut. Yeah, I got cut out. So what did you do? You just laid there. I, yeah, I just laid there. And Thanks did for just laying there. No. Were you but drugged they put, up? Were yeah, you drugged? Drugged. Oh, knock me out, honey. <laughs> so you were asleep? They, they, yes. So I came into the world. Glorious. Hallelujah. I'm here. And you were asleep? You know it. What? They gave me a choice. After 33 hours, I said, do you want to stay awake? I didn't even know what a C-section was, duh. I felt like, I was scared. How old were you again? One month away from 22. Young. So you were 21 years old Mm -hmm. when you gave birth. So you were 21 when you got pregnant. Yeah. Yeah. And what was the story there? Do you need to talk? (laughs) I'm not asking how I got into your your belly. I'm not actually how I got in. A sperm and an egg united. I know. I get that part. How did that happen? I mean, what do you mean? How did that happen? I was dating your... Let's back up here. Okay. This is my mom. Welcome, everybody, to the podcast. This is Holy Cannoli. My mom just found out hours ago the name of this podcast. And we're recording. It's actually 10 o'clock at night. You are in California right now. It's early. Yeah, it's early. It's early for you. It's midnight for me. In Texas. Texas. Mom's from Texas. My mom lives in Texas right now with all the the sheep heads and the the farmers. You know, I just did a whole podcast about that word. I didn't like that word. I I felt bad about that word. I felt bad. Is that a bad word to say? 
No, but you can get in trouble for saying it in their schools down there. Okay, that's what I'm talking about. I said a whole thing about how we used to live in North uh, Boone County, Papa Grove, Illinois, and I called them rednecks, and then I felt convicted by the Holy Spirit about calling people rednecks, so I had to do a whole podcast about that. Anyways, I'm going to stop talking. Um, so my mom is living in Texas. You were born in California. You have a crazy story. Born in California. Raised in Chicago. Raised in Chicago. And got to Texas as soon as I could. Uh-huh. Why? That's just a whole nother podcast. That's another story I don't for even, another day. Yeah. Okay. But we were just talking about you being cut open. <laughs> <laughs> the doctor gave me a choice. After 33 hours, they said, would you like to stay away? Because you were, pu- you were trying to, you were trying to push yeah, me out. I never dilated. And I didn't want to come did. out. You were trying to, no. what? You weren't even dilated? What never. were you pushing? Well, I kept telling you, dad, I told you nothing's going to come out of that little itty bitty hole. <laughs> Told you. I told you. We're going to have to put the warning. The uh, This is uh, for mature audiences only. <laughs> okay. But I, that's what I told him. Okay. So nothing was going to come out of the hole. No. And not even me. No. <laughs> He's knocking at the door. We're going there. Okay. So this was, so you started pushing me then on June 23rd. I never push. I mean, I'm sorry. Okay. Push. Wait. So wait a second. So what, what was it? 33 hours then? What are you talking about? Labor, because my woman doctor yeah. never came to the room. This was the 70s. Yes, I was born in the 70s. Yeah. Things were just whack back then. Dr. Torkelson. Dr. Torkelson. Your dad was very upset with her when she walked in the door. He embarrassed me, but he was mad uh-huh. because nothing was happening. Okay, wait. So on June 23rd, do yes. you go into the hospital? Yeah. Okay. And I got up and I went, something's not right. And what I wasn't went, right? Oh, well, like my pants were wet. <laughs> So your water broke? Yes. Okay. So okay. like we see in the movies, yeah. which I heard that only really happens to a small percentage of women, that, that, that their water really doesn't break. I heard that, or I read that oh, no. somewhere. Oh, no. But yours broke. Oh, yeah. Okay. So water broke. Yeah. Take me All to All right. Hospital. On June 23rd. Yeah. Okay. You were living with my dad at the time. Yes. And not married to him. And not, no, we were married then. You were married to dad at the time? When you were I'm born? I'm so confused. Wait. When you were pregnant with me, were you married? Dun, no, dun, dun. We were, I was okay. three months pregnant when we got okay, married. Let's okay, let's talk about that. Yeah, Pearl Harbor Day, December okay. 7th. Okay, so I w- you were impregnated, and I don't need the story because I know how that happens. Yeah, okay. You were impregnated nine months before I was born. So if right. I was born in June, you were impregnated sometime September. in September or October. In December, yeah. Okay, let's talk about that a little bit. Can we? Sure. <laughs> I guess. I feel like I'm being drilled. Okay. <laughs> I just want to talk about, okay, so lots of stuff happened in September, October, and November. That's what I think is so fascinating, as we were just talking off podcast mm-hmm. about what happened, and you told me on my 21st birthday. Now, listeners, this might be hard to follow, but we're going to try our best to communicate this story, because it was life-changing for me what I, when I heard what you told me on my 21st birthday. Do you remember what that was? Yes. What did you tell me on my 21st birthday? I did tell you that, you know, I wasn't married to your dad yet. I was scared to death. I didn't have a mom. I didn't have a dad. I was living on my own. And dad and I were living together. And, I mean, abortion was like an option. Mm -hmm. And we, was it a we thing? I think it was a we thing. Made the decision. And $400, I remember that. And I was all prepped and ready to go, and I heard a voice. Run. Go. And that is when I remember saying to myself, I don't know who you are, God, but you need to prove you're real to me through this child. I remember that so strongly. And I got out of there. So you were literally waiting in a a, room, a clinic, an abortion clinic? Yes. With 
the four hundred dollars that you had, and you heard a voice. Mm-hmm. Now you told me that it was my twenty first birthday. I remember it like it was yesterday. It was the end of my twenty first birthday, probably around nine o'clock at night, and you called me. I didn't have a cell phone back then because that was whenever it was in the nineties. And I was living with some friends at the time in their upper attic, and uh, they said, "Your mom's on the phone." I was like, "Oh, hey, mom, you're like happy birthday." And then you you just told me that story. I remember like my jaw dropping. I felt like it was so surreal. I was just transcended out of my body from that moment, <laughs> and my whole like life purpose and destiny. And I never had an opinion about abortion uh, at that point. I mean, I kind of heard abortion being talked about from many different sides. You know, from the perspective of it's a woman's choice and you know, there's certain perspectives on uh, the life of a fetus and when it becomes a human being, you know, so I definitely had some thoughts around that. But at that point, I thought, whoa, I could not be alive. And you heard this voice that you didn't really realize, but you acted upon it. And that, I mean, I feel like that just changed my life. That gave me so much more purpose that I was here on earth for a reason. And we talk a lot about that on this podcast. Who are you and why are you here? And so I love that. So thank you for telling me that yeah. at 21 years old. So let's talk a little bit about that. So so then did you get married a little bit after that then? We obviously? got married December 7th. Okay. And that was like a standing joke with us. Hope this marriage doesn't bomb out because it was Pearl Harbor Day. Yuck, 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 yuck. But anyway. <laughs> and yeah, had you in June 24th. You know, that's John the Baptist's birthday too, they say. How does anybody know that's John the Baptist? I know, that's what I say. That's what they say. (laughs) Okay, so me and John the Baptist. Yeah, never know. But anyway, and so we moved to a bigger apartment, and then uh, we both worked at the grocery store, as you know, and then four years later, I'm like, wait a minute, what's the date today? And you were pregnant again. Again. I'm like, no way! Mm -hmm. So... So I have a I have one biological brother mm-hmm. who I got to get on this podcast too. So me and Chris, Christopher. Christopher. Uh, so okay, so June twenty fourth, nineteen seventy five. I'm cut out of you, but okay. So your water breaks on the twenty third. You go to the hospital. You're not pushing. Nothing's going on. No, nothing's okay. Happening. And then I'm taken out of you through C section. Was that still like it is today? You're in the hospital for four days type of thing? No, eight days. I said, excuse eight me. Eight days? Excuse me. I'm walking the halls after three days. I'm like, I can't go home. No, eight days. I'm like, what? Well, why? It was horrible. I'm walking up and down the hallways and looking at other babies. And mm-hmm. yeah. And you and dad, so you and dad were living together at the time. Mm-hmm. You got married in December um, and then had Chris. And then a year later, you guys separate. Mm-hmm. Okay, so we're not going to talk about that kind of stuff. Yeah, we're not going to go down yeah, that. Don't go there. We don't want to yeah. go there. Okay, that's yeah. fine. But I do want to talk about raising. You were a single mom mm-hmm. for a long time, uh, raising two boys. And on this podcast, we talk a lot about how people hear from God in strange ways, how people experience God. That's the holy cannoli. These two things that come together somehow. Talk to me about you and your relationship with God, because you said in the abortion clinic, you said something to God, if you're real, show yourself to me. What was, talk to me about how you experienced God up into that 21st year of your life. Well, even as a kid, you know, my grandmother raised me. I had a very abusive childhood and anytime I had a chance to get on my bike, I would get on my bike and um, back in those days, Catholic churches were, the doors were left open. So I would get on my bike and I would go in the Catholic church and just sit. And I didn't know if God was real. I just thought, oh, wow. It's so peaceful in here. It's so quiet in here. I was able to just think. Mm. 
And, you know, sometimes I even thought, what's wrong with me? Because I, I always felt like I heard God's voice. Mm. Like, and there was always words like, my grandmother would always say, you're never going to be anything, you're this, you're that. And I would always hear another voice that, yes, you are. Or you can do it. Mm. Or, yeah, I love you. Or stuff like that. And it was always a voice that would always counteract what she would say to me. And as I got older, you know, I got the confirmations through people, through a friend. I mean, I remember the day when I accepted Christ. Mm. Um, you guys were really little, and I was married to your dad, and I ran into an old friend I used to work with. And right then and there, he was. it was on August 14th, 1977. And the reason I know that date was... Because I accepted Christ, it was also the same day that Elvis Presley died, and everyone goes, the king is dead. And I'm like, oh, no, I think Jesus is the king. So I don't think I knew that. I don't think I knew you had a relationship with Christ. No, because you were the one that said, you never talk about Jesus. When we lived in Poplar Grove, you came home, and do you know who Jesus is? And I'm like, yes, I accepted him when you were two. And he goes, and you said, but you never talk about him. You never... (laughs) You never say that, you know, you're going to do things for him. And I'm like, put you on blast, baby. I'm like, what are you talking about? (laughs) Yeah, God wants to use you. I'm like, he does. Huh. So, yeah. So, okay. You, okay. And I know some of these pieces, but I want to put them together, especially for the listeners. I think this is so fascinating. You would go to a church building and sit there and just think because you were running away from the abuse. You were emotionally abused right. and physically abused, right? Mm-hmm. By your grandmother and yes. grandpa or just the grandmother? No, just grandmother. Grandpa didn't have a clue. Okay. Gr- grandpa didn't know that was happening. Mm-mm. Interesting. He didn't know until years later after she had passed. And then I went to go find him. Mm. Because when I left at the age of 17, I graduated high school. I had a job. I had my driver's license. I left. Mm -hmm. Because that voice, there's more to life than this. And I always vowed that I'm going to make my life. I'm in control of my life. No one's going to tell me what to do. That attitude, you know. And so, no mom, no dad. And, yeah. God restored that relationship with my mom. That's, you know, 1981. Hmm. Okay, so you were in Chicago living with your grandparents. It was an abusive Mm -hmm. situation. This was, but you started, you were born in California. Right. So tell that story. I was born in California. My parents came back to Chicago because my mother says, okay, you know, because my dad's family was from Chicago. My mother was only 17 when she had me. So Mm -hmm. 17 when she had me, 18 when she had my sister, and she was nowhere near ready to be a mom. Mm -hmm. And my grandparents on my mom's side moved to California, and my dad was 23. Mm. And he was working nights, and she would leave us alone in the hotel or apartment and go out and party with her friends. And my dad found that all out, and she called her dad and said, come get me, because he was abusive to her. So your biological dad was abusive to your biological mother, mm-hmm. and she ran away mm-hmm. and left you with him mm-hmm. in Chicago. Yes. And then my dad just took me and my sister to his mother. He mm. didn't raise us. But every time my dad would get married, I would go live with him because I wanted the, you know, the white picket fence, the mom and the dad. Mm. My dad was married like five times. So this didn't, marriage didn't work out, so go back to grandma. I was like, oh. Mm. And then a couple of years later, he'd get married again. And that didn't work out, so I have to go back to grandma. Mm. 
So. And that was from how old to how old? Two to 17. <laughs> wow. Yeah. So 15 years of your life, you're back and forth mm-hmm. from relationship to relationship with your biological dad and his wives and then back to your abusive grandma, back right. and forth, back and mm-hmm. forth. So you leave home at 17, yep. you leave and you decide you're going to make it on your own. You cut ties with your grandparents? Yes. And then well, I was still 17 uh, and that was in June. And on my birthday, July 15th, when I turned 18, I called her. I said, I just want you to know I'm good. I'm alive because... Back in that day, when you were you know you weren't a legal adult till you were eighteen. Mm-hmm. Well, and, same thing uh, today, right? Well, in Texas, seventeen. Oh, okay, okay, gotcha. Saying. But um, and it was just very short and sweet, and hmm. I just didn't really want anything to do with all the negativity. And you have any idea why she was so abusive? I think she was really resentful because she had to raise us because her son didn't. Hmm. I mean, she did take a lot of pharmaceuticals. I think she might have been, you know, we're talking in the early 70s, 71, so she raised us in the 60s. You know, I think she was bipolar. I, I mean, she would have these mental breakdowns. You know, I'm just thinking back of all the things that she would go through. So, you know, I don't really know the answer. But I do remember making a phone call I had you guys, you guys were like, you were very young, maybe two and six, and I remember calling her, and we set a time for me to come over and visit her, and I'm getting all ready, and I'm a little nervous, you know, I just want to make peace. You're mid-twenties at that time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And um, one of my aunts called me and said, um, I just want you to know that your grandmother passed away this morning. On your way over to reconcile? And that was landline days, so I was getting you guys packed up and ready to go visit her. I didn't know that. Yeah. And I was like, I just sat on the edge of the bed. I said, well, that's just like her having the last word. Wow. And you, so the relationship you had with her was she would demean you, Mm -hmm. tear you down, Mm -hmm. and hit you, lock you? What was the abuse? Oh, throw me downstairs, hit me all the time, grab my ponytail, swing me around the room, and then within an hour, she would be, hey, let's go to the store. Let's get in the car. You want to learn how to drive? I mean, hmm. that's crazy. yeah, trauma. Yeah. That is, yeah. how can anyone make sense of life when you have this duplicitous relationship with someone who's supposed to care for you and love you? But your grandfather did, had, had no idea. He really had no idea. No, but he wasn't your biological grandfather. No, but he was the only grandfather I knew. Right. Because he married my grandmother when my dad was 12. Yeah. So, and he was like only home on the weekends and on Tuesdays, and he would take us out on Tuesdays. We'd go to Goldblatt's, we'd go out to dinner, and I mean, he took very good care of us financially. There was always food, nice clothes. But why didn't you tell him? He had no, why couldn't you tell him? Maybe, I mean, I don't remember if we ever told him. He's Mm. like, oh, you're crazy. Mm. But I remember him and... I remember my grandparents fighting sometimes. They slept in separate rooms, separate separate floors. Mm. So, you know. Something was up there. Yeah. That's so painful. When I, I remember as a kid when you would tell that kind of stuff, and I just, man, my heart would break for you that you had to endure that. And I think about just the the, the generational 
crap that was passed down. I mean, even you saying, you know, your, your dad, who is still alive, by the way. So I still have yes. a one grandfather alive that I don't even know. I have no relationship with him whatsoever. I know my middle name is after him and he lives somewhere in Illinois, which is ironic because I'm, I just finished a script in which is loosely based on our family. And I have this scenario that it was actually pretty healing for me to write because it's all about this family reuniting reluctantly, but they reunite with a grandfather in this, uh, in this scene and they think he's dead. But that's so funny. I have to remind myself that he's not dead. I have to tell myself, Oh, I know I have a grandfather out there somewhere that's still alive. So, but, but his dad left him, mm-hmm. his biological dad left him mm-hmm. and he was, you know, in five plus marriages. So you said, right. Mm-hmm. So he's trying to make his way and understand. And, you know, you and I have had to work through a lot of reconciliation mm-hmm. over the years. And I think back and go, man, like we just have all been in this cycle of pain and of letdown and disappointment. And you were never abusive to me or you know, physically or, um, uh, verbally, but there was some hard times when we had to reconcile just like you were trying to reconcile with your grandma. And I'm Mm -hmm. so glad that we do have a relationship Mm -hmm. and can talk about God and have this conversation on a podcast and go like weeks. We've experienced God in some crazy, strange ways. You hearing him in an abortion clinic, you going to a Catholic church building to sit and pray, which I'm wondering was that the same church building that dad and dad's side of the family would... St. Lambert's in Skokie, where you guys were actually baptized as a christening? Yeah. Yeah. You both were christened in that church. In that same building? Yes, where I used to go to. Okay, this is crazy. I never knew that until you told me that today. Mm-hmm. When I share my story of learning about God and wanting to really experience him and follow him, I will say... One of the memories I have is Christmas Mass Eve, Christmas Eve Mass, Midnight Mass. As a kid, I wanted to go to those so bad, partly because I wanted to stay up late and uh, you know be Light up candles. after Christmas at the midnight. But I remember feeling and experiencing God in that building. So that would have been the same building yes. that I was baptized, christened in, that you were also in praying and experiencing God as a teenager. That is wild. And it's like when you said that we were going to do a podcast and talk, we're going to talk about God. I'm like, oh, let me go downstairs for a few. And I pray and I'm like, Lord, you need to like help me remember things. Mm-hmm. And he's always there because he made me remember. Remember St. Lambert's. And that's why when I hear people go, oh, you go to a Catholic church. And I'm like, uh-uh, God's there too mm-hmm. because of my experience. You know, it's not about the building. It's about him. Mm-hmm. But yeah. And I always share to this day that your grandparents, Mary and Gap, they are the ones that showed me family. Mm. Wow. I share all the time on Facebook. I still get emotional making lasagna. <laughs> Thank you, Italy. Thank you, yes. Italians everywhere. Thank yes. you, Gapistone family. <laughs> Well, I, it's so funny because I think about this podcast, you know, I spent 20 years of my life working for the institution of the church Mm -hmm. and I loved it and it grew me. And at the same time, it also propelled me to experience God 
in and outside of the walls of a building that we often call the church because I don't believe the church is so much bigger than what happens in that building. But this totally confirms to me, it reminds me, there, that building is still important. What we do and how we gather as a collective body of believers of Jesus. And if not, you might feel like you're on the total outside, but I like that you went by yourself into that building. In the Catholic church buildings, those stained glass windows were so important to me as a visual person because I would just stare at those windows mm -hmm. and I would think about the story of Jesus and I would see these images that seemed kind of old school. You know, we'd say vintage today and maybe a little irrelevant, but they still spoke to me and they created a longing for me that really was filled in so many ways outside of that space. But that was just a part of my story. And to think that you were there before I was ever born, I was christened there. I mean, that is holy cannoli. <laughs> holy cannoli. Yes. Wow. Well, that that is uh, an awesome podcast right there. We're going to uh, stop right there and we'll do a part two. I want to thank you guys for listening. I will post the part two of this conversation next week. My mom talks about meeting her mother and reconciling with her mother. And then we talk about the suicide of my grandmother who um, she took her own life a, about five years ago now. And we talk about how that affected us and how that affected the relationships and the more reconciliation that needed to be done with someone who was no longer alive. It's just a, a wild, strange journey in and of itself. So uh, if this is triggering in any way, if you are dealing with the, the pain of loss or the pain of, of disconnection, because you have an unreconciled relationship with someone who is either alive currently or not, uh, I just want to give you, encourage you with a quick message of grace that God is with you. God loves you. There are people who might not understand and might say, the wrong things and things that are even more hurtful, but I am going to be diving into this a little bit more with my mom next week. And then I have a couple episodes that I'm planning to talk about the grief process and to talk about a woman who talk with a woman who lost her son to taking his own life as well as her, as well as her husband to cancer in the same year. And that is coming up. So I'm trying to be diving into topics that we often want to avoid or that seem taboo, but I think that are really necessary in our human existence. And so thank you guys for listening and share this with someone who you think might be encouraged by it. If you have any comments, of course, always put them on the Facebook page. And if you have any more ideas or suggestions for topics we could be doing, then let me know as well. And hey, thanks for dealing with our audio quality. I am still learning. This is episode 11, still learning. And I got some new equipment that I'm hopefully going to be putting into effect as soon as I learn how to use it. So thanks. This is a Brave Maker production. Holy Cannoli is a podcast of the Brave Maker nonprofit. And that is my nonprofit, which you can find at bravemaker.com. And I invite you to consider supporting the work that I'm doing through podcasting and through the arts by going to bravemaker.com and becoming a monthly partner and pledging and donating a tax deductible gift that you can further the work that we're doing through the media, through videos, and through just our relationships with people in the community. Thanks so much for listening. Thanks for listening to Holy Cannoli. If you liked my dad's podcast, please subscribe, give it a review, and share it with someone you think would be encouraged by it.